This morning, I want to I want to start our series of what is truth with this question: Can truth survive in a postmodern society? Can truth survive in the postmodern society? Let's let's read at least the first account that we have of where truth was kind of asked, what, well, what is it? John 18, verse number 33, Jesus has already been taken uh, by captive in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas has already come. He's already kissed him on his cheek, and now he's being tried. Started with Caiaphas, and now he's been brought to Pilate, and that's what we pick up here. And it says, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Basically, here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, is this, is this what you really believe? Is this, what, is this what you really know? Or did somebody else tell you that? Verse 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, these famous three words here, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. And if you were to continue down through the narrative, ultimately the crowd cries for Barabbas. He's freed. Jesus is then crucified. And we know the overarching reason why he was crucified was to pay for our sin. But you have such a, you have such a scandal taking place here uh, in, the, in the book of John. And you're, uh, it's, just a, it's just horrendous. But you find this question. And if you were to ask anyone today, what is truth? And you are sure to start an interesting conversation. Try it on a university campus and you're likely to receive laughter and scorn and derision of all kinds. The concept of truth clearly has fallen on some hard times as of late. And the consensus of rejecting it, I'll be honest with you, is literally ravaging throughout human society. And so let me ask you a question. Is truth subjective? Is it subjective? Let me follow that question up with, does truth hinge on our preferences and perspective? Is it subjective? And does it hinge on what you think it is and your preferences and your perspective? Many today would answer yes to both of those questions. That is why most social media platforms today, they're, they're completely weighed down with the debates that, you know what it boils down to? My truth versus your truth. 
I mean, just these arguments and these debates. And it's like, well, no, I'm right. And no, you're right. And you go on to college campuses and you say, no, I'm right. And no, you're right. And everybody believes that what they're saying and what they hold to is truth. But this kind of relativism, honestly, it's nothing new. It merely echoes the ancient question that Pontius Pilate asked of Jesus, what is truth? One of the most profound and eternally significant questions that's ever posed in the Bible was posed by an unbeliever. And I want us to, I want us to look again at, at, this, at this text and kind of just kind of go through it here. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the... Talk to me. You there? Unto what? To bear witness of what? The truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And then he walks out, and he goes back and continues to talk to the Jews. Pilate, the the man who handed Jesus over to be crucified, turned to Jesus in his final hours, and he asked Jesus, he said, what is truth? Now listen, Pilate wasn't really seeking truth that day. This was more of a rhetorical question. It was more of a cynical response based on Jesus had just, just said, hey, I am here to bear witness of the truth. I am here to shed light on uh, what truth is. 2,000 years later, the whole world breathes Pilate's cynicism. We have a world today that is mocking truth, that is, that, that is questioning truth. Some say that truth is simply just a power play. It's an experiment that's instructed by the elite for purposes of controlling the ignorant masses. In the last probably two and a half weeks, I have literally read much of what people think truth is. And it's amazing how some scholars believe that it's just the rich came up with the idea. So they can control the ignorant. They can control the unlearned. To some, truth is subjective. The individual world of preference and opinion. This is what I believe truth is. Others believe that truth is a collective judgment. In other words, it's the, it's the product of cultural census. And still others flatly deny the, the concept of truth altogether. So where, after all, does the concept of truth come from? And why is it the basic to all of human thought. Every idea we have, every relationship we cultivate, every belief we cherish, every fact we know, every, uh, every argument we make, every conversation we engage in, every thought we think presupposes that there is such a thing as truth. Or hence you and I would embark upon nothing. Many, many, many years ago, Brother Dalton was a Rick Dalton was a dear friend of mine, and he and he loaned me he loaned me some money. 
So what I want to do is I want to, I want to pay a portion of that back this morning. I want to give you $100 towards that. What is that? <laughs> I, should, I, I was supposed to be serious. I wasn't supposed to laugh. No, no, that's, <laughs> I can't even do it. I, that, that, that's $100, sir. Do you, do, do, thank you. Do you see how, if there is no truth, if there is no, kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, if there are no absolutes, then you and I, we can debate forever. And that's honestly what people want. People don't, people don't want to come to a conclusion. People don't want to come to a line in the sand where you must choose. Well, this series, this over these weeks, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause us to choose on what truth is and where the, where the lines of truth become drawn in our society. So to me, this is a $100 bill, but to Rick, it was a $1 bill. And we know he is right. What is he, why is he right? Because of truth. Truth has told us we have set up a money currency system here in America where a $1 bill means that it's a $1 bill, not a $100 bill. Now, wouldn't that be nice if every one of your $1 bills all of a sudden became 100 Come on. That's like monopoly money, right? And so the idea of an essential concept without which the human mind could not function without is the idea of truth. Even if you are one of those trendy thinkers who claims to be skeptical about whether truth is really useful, whether it's really a category anymore or that we should even study it to express the opinion that you must presume that truth is meaningful, on some fundamental level. For you to say that we no longer need it, well, you're, you're, you're basing that off of some facts. You're basing that off of some, some material that you've brought together, and in your mind, you have delineated it all the way down to truth. Hence, Ryan, you don't need to be talking about it. One of the most basic, universal, and undeniable axioms of all human thought is the absolute necessity of truth. But might I add... More importantly than that, it would be the concept of absolute truth. Absolute truth. That this is not just a $100 to somebody and a $1 to somebody else. No, 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 no. There is an absolute truth that this is indeed either a $100 bill or it's a $1 bill. How many of you think it's a $100 bill? Raise your hand. No, don't do that. Okay? It's a $1 bill. Absolute truth. And so I want to start this morning. Again, this is kind of a foundational message for our series. But I want to start with this morning with the idea of a biblical definition. Let's start with the Bible's de definition. So what is truth? Well, let me give you a, a simple definition that's kind of drawn from, from Scripture. It's going to be kind of, a, kind of a broad one. And then we'll begin to narrow it down throughout this morning. You, you following me? We good? Okay. All right, there's, uh, we, we had a little uh, scare earlier this morning with a little bit of gas, and we had PG&E came out. Everything's good to go, but you're not falling asleep, are you? You're good? Okay, got it covered. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. 
Let me be a little bit more to the point. Truth is the self-expression of God. And because truth, and because the definition of truth flows from God, it is in and of itself, here what I'm about to say, it is theological. Truth can also be ontological, which is a fancy way of saying that it's the way things really are. Reality is what it is because God declared it so and made it so. Therefore, God is the author. God is the source. He's the determiner. He's the governor. He's the ultimate standard, and he is the final judge of all truth. The Old Testament refers to the Almighty or God as the God of truth. We see in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, he is the rock. He is, his work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he, but a God of truth. Psalm 31, 5, into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. This is a prophecy of even what Jesus would say from, from the cross, Lord God of truth. Isaiah 65, 16, that he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself into the God of truth. Jesus said of himself in John 14, verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so when we, when we take a look at Scripture, we find that, that, that God is a God of truth. And then Jesus says, I am the truth. Jesus in this statement right here, when he's talking to the disciples, he's prophesying that he's going to get ready to go off the scene. We went through many of these verses, how he's basically going to leave them orphanless, but he was going to come back. But he basically was saying this was a, um, this was a profound claim about his own deity. He, was all, he also made it clear that all truth must ultimately <coughs> excuse me, be defined in terms of God and his eternal glory. Listen to this description of Jesus that we find in Hebrews 1. Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is God incarnate. So if God is truth, then Jesus thus must also be truth. And so when Jesus makes the claim that, that, that I am truth, he's the way, he's the life, and he is the truth. Jesus is, can I boil it down to this? Jesus is truth incarnate. He is the perfect expression of God and therefore the absolute embodiment of all that is true. But Jesus also said that the written word of God is truth. We also have learned, we won't have time to go there, but if you go to John 1, Jesus, he, he literally is the Word. He was forever in heaven, and now he is the Word, and the Word became flesh. But he speaks of the Word this way in John 10, if he called them gods unto whom the Word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken. So if you're wondering... If, if, if truth can sustain a postmodern society, my answer to you, in short, is yes. 
And we're going to get to some other reasons why. But it is, it's yes, because truth is found in God. It's found in Christ, and it's found in the Word of God. Praying to His Heavenly Father on behalf of His disciples. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, sanctify them through Thy Word. Thy Word is, talk to me, it's truth. Thy Word is truth. And Jesus continues, you know, uh, or, or, or when we look at the Word of God, we, we learn that it is a truth that endures forever. First Peter 1.25, but the Word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the Word which by the Gospel is preached unto you. How many of you are thankful for the Gospel this morning? Say amen. Thankful for the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Say amen. The only way you know that is through the Word of God, which is truth. And Peter said it's going to endure forever. So is it going to is it going to make it through a postmodern society? You better believe it is. Truth is here in this world. Skeptics say it's not. They divide over and they argue about what it is, but you and I we hold the very words of truth. The very words of life. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. God is truth. Jesus is truth. Jesus is the incarnate truth. We have the Word of God, which is truth. And anything that Jesus has ever said is truth. A lot of times in our world, we like to pick and choose what we like out of the Bible. We like to pick and choose. I understand we get it in context. We get it in with the, uh, with the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. We try to absolutely look at everything through the lens of the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you don't, you're going to get messed up. But when you, come to, when you come to the Word of God, you're reading, hear me, you're reading truth. It's the, very, it's the very essence of who God is. It is his message. It is his self-expression. Remember we talked about a biblical definition of what truth is. It is God's expression of himself. In other words, the truth of Christ and the truth of the Bible, they're of the very same character. They're in perfect agreement in every respect. Both are equally true. God has revealed himself to humanity through Scripture as well as through his Son, both perfectly embody the essence of what truth is. So let's take John 18 real quick. Let's kind of have a let's kind of have a little quick counseling session. Did Jesus forcefully prove that he was right? No, but we a lot of times feel like we do. A lot of times we are, hear me, we are holders of the truth. Thankful for that. And we hold to it. And sometimes when we know that we are right, we can be the most mean and nastiest of people. 
there's dividing lines in Christianity, and you know it. You 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 might claim that you know that, that, that you you've got this, you got that. And sometimes we can be the most mean and nasty. You look at John eight. You look at John eighteen. What you find is Christ, who is true. He's saying, "I am here to 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 bear witness of this truth. I am here to reflect of this truth." It wasn't mean and nasty to Pilate. He just took a stand and said what was true. So Scripture always says. God reveals his basic truth and himself in nature. The Bible says that. So we've seen God as a kind of God as a whole. And then we also see Jesus as him incarnate. And now we have the written word. And all of these things coexist. All of these one, go, go wonderfully together. And the Bible says that now the heavens... The, the nature in which you and I understand, they declare the glory of God. Remember one of, the, what, one of the reasons of truth is, it's to declare the glory of God. It's to declare his self-existence. And so when you and I, when we look out around our world and we see the heavens and we see what God has created, listen, it tells you of truth. It tells you there is a God. His other invisible attributes such as his wisdom and power and beauty, they're all con on constant display in what he has created. In Romans 1, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power, had, Godhead, power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Paul tells us that, you know what? You know what the world says? You know what that nature says? You know what the things that you get to enjoy? You know what that says? It says that there is a God. And we all see it. But Paul goes even a little bit further, even in Romans 1, and he talks about how is this is all intrinsic in the human heart and how there's a sense of moral character I tried to hit on that a little bit last week when we were kind of thinking about what happened in Las Vegas. How God has given us a conscience, how he's given us a moral law on our hearts. We see in Romans 1.19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. Romans 2 gives us a little bit more clarity on that. Verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile assuring or excusing one another. Conscience, moral law, creation says there's a God. Conscience says there is a God. Those things, hear me, are universally self-evident truths. So let me make a statement here. According to Romans 1 and 2, the denial of the spiritual truth we know innately always involves a deliberate and culpable unbelief. You say, Ryan, where are you going with this? Every single person, follow me? that you will come in contact with sees creation, has the moral law written in their hearts on their conscience. And so you and I, when we then come along 
and preach Christ because we know that creation's not enough for anyone to be saved. The conscience clearly is not enough for anyone to be saved because people can suppress their conscience. They can twist their conscience so much that they can get on the 32nd floor and open up and fire and kill dozens of people and think that it's okay. So as I said last week, Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only one that brings change. And you and I, listen, every single person that you come in contact with, they've been given creation. They've been given conscience. They've been given the moral law. And according to Romans 1 and according to Romans 2, those are enough. They're innately in in every single person that comes into this world. And so you, what I'm trying to get you to understand is, is that you actually, you, you look at our world. Is it messed up? Sure it is. Is truth on trial? Absolutely it is. But you and I, we've got, we, we've got some grounds to stand on. We've got, some, we've got some areas that we could advance into people's lives with. But you've got to make sure that you understand the truth. You've got to make sure that you know it. You've got to make sure that there really aren't, you know, all roads lead to happiness. All roads lead to heaven. No, 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 no. There is actually only one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so these things, they're, they're, they're innate, and they all need to be pointed to Jesus Christ. And for those who wonder whether basic truths about God and his moral standards really are, Stamped on the human heart, ample proof can be found in the long history of human law and religion. Why was two Sundays ago at whatever, almost 10 p.m. or whatever it was, when that man shot out and killed dozens of people, why was that wrong? Why is that not okay? Do you realize that if we all, you following me? If we all came from animals, animals kill each other every day and there's nothing wrong with it. Following me? Just, hey, bigger and better survive. But that doesn't really jive in the human race. Why? Because we have a moral code that's inside of us. When a man or a woman is going to step outside of the bounds of their marriage and they're going to find central uh, relief with someone else, why is it done in secret? Why is it? You know, hey, there's, there's, something, there's something wrong with this. You know, and obviously our, our, our world is so messed up. Our world will, uh, will literally kill babies by the millions and yet, if you were to kill or you were to murder a woman that was pregnant, you get a double homicide. Hello. Messed up, right? But you and I, listen, we have the truth. We don't have to be mean about it. You have the truth. And it sets you free, according to Jesus' words. To, to suppress this truth is to dishonor God. It's to displace His glory. It's to, according to Romans, to incur His wrath. Verse number 18 of Romans 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Notice this next phrase. Who hold the truth in what? Unrighteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, 
even the unrighteous, even the unregenerate, hold the truth. What a gift God gave us. Listen, we don't go searching him. He sought us. He gave us creation. He gave us conscience. And then he sends Jesus the Messiah. And you and I, we've got that message. We, we have what is true. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is your coworker, oh, they might not see everything the way that you see it. Oh, your neighbor might not see it always the way that you see it. But listen, but listen, they are in conscience and creation. They have been given the basest, most truest form of what truth is. And you and I, we, we, we work on that. You enter in. To that space. You know, a lot of people done, a lot of people just given up on this world. A lot of people just given up on this generation. A lot of people just been given up on church. You know, Jesus can't change anything. Listen to me. If you and I who are Jesus holders, who, who are believers, who have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you and I do not believe that Jesus can still change this world, listen, it's not going to come from the lost. It comes from you. It comes from me who holds truth, who believes truth. The only infallible interpreter of what we see in nature or know how our own conscience is, is, is right, of course, is the revelation in Scripture. Since Scripture is also the one place where we are given the way of salvation, entrance into the kingdom of God in the infallible account of Christ, the Bible is the touchstone to which all truths claimed should be brought, and every human needs it. Can I ask you a question? Are you in the book? Ryan, that's your job. Oh, yeah, absolutely, it's mine and yours. I just have the immense privilege of sharing it with you, and I thank you for that. It's, it's an immense privilege. Absolutely, 100%. But you and I, we need, to, we, need to, we need to take the gospel on. If you were to look into Romans 10, you would learn that, that the gospel must go forward through you and I, through our lives and through our mouthpieces. Again, John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the ultimate answer to Pilate's question, again, again, foundational here, the ultimate answer to Pilate's question and the unchanging reality for all of mankind is God. It's truth. He is the essence of truth. And so when Pilate asked this question, and Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto, Jew, unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. So when Pilate, just try, just try to picture this. So when Pilate says, Ah, what's truth? He turns and he walks away. He was walking away from the very authority of what truth was. And then he made the worst mistake in all of the world and they crucified him. Now you and I, we win from that. It was God's plan. But humanly, humanly, Jesus did nothing wrong. Tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. And yet when Pilate said, what is truth? walking away from the very source of truth. How each person responds to the truth God has revealed is an issue of eternal 
significance. To reject and to rebel against the truth of God results in darkness, folly, sin, judgment, and the never-ending wrath of God. To accept and to submit to the truth of God is to see clearly, as we sang about this morning. My eyes now can see. To know with clarity, to know with certainty, and praise God in Jesus Christ to find life everlasting. So let me ask you a question again. Can truth survive in a postmodern society? My simple answer is yes, because it doesn't depend on us, because we're not truth. We are only agents of truth. So let me ask you a question. Are you using the truth? I don't know about you, but none of you have seen Jesus walking on the streets lately. Okay, three days or after he ascended up to heaven. But we've been left with truth. Well, I don't always understand it. Guess what? You've been, if you, if you know Christ as your Savior, you've been given the interpreter of truth and the Holy Spirit to help you understand. Are you in the book? I said, Pastor, I didn't, I thought this series was going to be like Ravi Zacharias up here. Oh, we'll maybe bring him next week. He's excellent. If you don't know who he is, awesome. You know where it starts? It starts within the book. It starts within the Bible. Can I encourage you on the, just the most simplest levels to spend time in the Word of God? Because we live in a world that's so lacking of truth. I mean, you turn on the news, you don't even know if it's fake or not. We get that, right? This is real. The person that you read of from, from Genesis to Revelation is the person of Christ. It all tells of him. And you get to know him. And everything that he says is truth. So what is it? It's God, the Son, the very words of God, and then the very words of Christ, creation, conscience. All of those things are pointing and deriving what truth is. I look forward to in the weeks to come, now diving in this more in, in more depth. Next week, we're going to look at the idea of no God, no truth. If you don't know God, you don't know truth. And if you know God, K-N-O-W, then you know truth. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. I want you to ask in your heart of hearts right now, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, He is the absolute beginning of truth in your life. You've been given creation. You've been given conscience. According to Romans, those points.